0: If there's something preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Conveniently connect in a safe and private online environment, and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling, and you can send a message to your counselor anytime. Um, now, uh, normally for these ads, we like to bring in The Butterman from Pearl Jam's song, Can't Find The Butterman, whose site, ButterHelp.com, will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional dairy pissed Uh, but he's asked me to take this time to really flesh out the character we've developed for butterman's arch nemesis mean mr margarine uh, which we haven't been able to get to work over the last few spots uh, so we can kind of do a a story arc reboot next time and and really get this thing going so i'm going to use the copy i have in front of me as a jumping off point and then we'll see where we are okay so with BetterHelp, you'll get timely and thoughtful responses plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions great um, so that makes me think that one of me and Mr. Margarine's traits is that he is neither timely nor thoughtful, and you can't schedule weekly sessions with him. Uh, with me and Mr. Margarine, a session will just diabolically appear on your calendar when you thought you had a free day to binge watch The Great British Bake Off. Okay. With better help, you never have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room, and that's That's actually what Mean Mr. Margarine's Evil Castle looks like when he captures you. It's a waiting room, and the only magazine they have is Margarine Weekly. And if you read too much of it, it exacerbates any existing problems you have with depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, or self-esteem. BetterHelp, of course, has licensed professional counselors who are specialized in these matters, and anything you share is confidential. With Mean Mr. Margarine... Everything you share is confidential, too, actually. So that is a point of similarity. BetterHelp is convenient, professional, and affordable. And Mean Mr. Margarine has a convenient, professional, and affordable radiation device that he's going to use to turn the moon into a spreadable oil-based emulsion, which will eventually cause the planet to spin out of orbit and freeze, bringing about the untimely end of everything we've ever known. Okay, I think we're really getting somewhere now. Um, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting BetterHelp.com slash babysitters. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash babysitters.
1: Ho, 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 ho. In 86, Martin wrote the first book. What
0: will came up? On? Now it's time for baby sitters club. club. Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas.
1: Um Oh oh my What? Oh it's not too late. It's what? not too late. You what? there, boy
0: <laughs> Boy Yes, sir. What day is it? <laughs> it's about ten days after Christmas, sir. Oh,
1: I'm not too late, <laughs> boy. Take these shillings and go
0: and buy me the the biggest Christmas goose you can find. <laughs> uh, I I might have trouble finding them, sir, because it's a, a long time after Christmas. Christmas has already passed, sir. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's still 2017, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I don't think so, actually. Probably not <laughs> when this episode comes out. It'll be just past that, sir.
1: Oh, uh, happy new year. Happy new year. (laughs) Happy new year, baby nation. Um, have we got an episode for you this week? It's a Christmas episode. You were just winding down. You just, last weekend, you probably put away your, uh, decorations. You took down your lights. You packed everything up in the closet. You made your returns, some of the gifts you didn't want. You send them back to Amazon. You get a credit. Christmas is behind you. You're starting to make plans for the, the long MLK Jr. weekend coming
0: up. But guess what, Baby Nation? Christmas is not fucking finished with you. <laughs> it's Christmas time. It's back. It's zombie Christmas.
1: Zombie Christmas. Back
0: from the dead. Oh, I, I don't want
1: a lot for Christmas.
0: Nah. Mm. I guess fine.
1: There is just one thing I need. What? All
0: I want for Christmas is another Babysitters Club it Club Christmas episode. Hi, hi, Ooh, baby. Oh, sorry, we're hi. finished. Hi, hi, and welcome. <coughs> <coughs> oh, Are you done coughing? <coughs> you, it's singing. It's first. It's singing, and then it's coughing. You got it out of your system. Because this is a professional operation. I'll be totally honest. Probably not. Okay, fine. I'll be totally honest and introduce this podcast. Hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitter's Club. 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 A podcast in which the two hosts introduce themselves. I'll begin. I'm Jack Shepard. And I, Tanner Greenring.
1: What? Bring you this week's Babysitter's <laughs> Club
0: book. Written by Ms. Anna Martin. First of her name, last of her kind, last hope for humankind. And that book, Baby Nation, was get your mistletoe ready because it was Mallory's Christmas wish. Christmas is in the air. It's that it's the it's that time of year. It's that time it's of the year. Reason, reason for the season. Yep. And the reason for the season is Mallory's Christmas wish. Anna M. Martin, uh stormborn sanctified soul skinner, um and mother of clocks, hates us. Yeah. She really and fucked us this this year. She hates what we stand for. She made us do a Thanksgiving episode in December. And now here we are. In January, with a Christmas book. This is the first
1: Christmas oriented main canon book. Correct. In the past, holidays will come up. We're kind of contextually aware of the season and like what time of year it is in all the books, but it's fairly easy to ignore. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about like the major plot points of the book without really having to get into the time of year it is but now Anne wants to do it differently
0: well i imagine that's gonna be a real nightmare if we continue to be three weeks ahead of where Anne thinks we are oh gosh you're right we're gonna have like a mlk day episode it'll be mlk coming up
1: yeah and then it'll be valentine's day or,
0: or president's
1: day oh god and
0: we'll be in like may like we're both gonna be wearing white and it's like three weeks past the Labor Day episode. That would be, that's going to be humiliating for us. <laughs> that's going to be deeply humiliating. <laughs> um, well, uh, you got to mold with the clay that God gave you, as they say, or as I just uh, made up. Uh, and the the clay, by which I mean book, that God, by which I mean Anne, gave us this week is a Christmas book called Mallory's A Christmas Wish we're in the upside down now alright well baby nation put on your Christmas hats get out your finest Christmas jackets Um, fetch me the fattest Christmas goose you can find boy go kiss somebody or if you have nobody uh, maybe kiss the crook of your elbow underneath the the mistletoe kiss dirt loser (laughs) too mean (laughs) do <laughs> yeah do <too> mean <laughs> I was already being fairly mean to people who don't have it, anybody
1: yeah go if you take um let's see if you take like I'm trying to think of what this what would work well for this, I guess if you take two strawberries, uh-huh, you can practice kissing on those. I'm just trying okay. to think of something sort of like soft and and wet,
0: find something. Soft, moist, and pliant, and kiss it underneath the mistletoe. Kind of in the shape of two
1: lips, and practice kissing on it under the mistletoe.
0: Yeah. Uh, To get into the mood, maybe ring some bells. Uh, If you have any reindeer, invite them into your home. Maybe you can go to the bar
1: and show off how good you are at kissing, and (laughs) make a connection before New Year's, because if you don't have someone to kiss for two holidays in a row, ooh,
0: (laughs) That's going to be tough for you.
1: That's going to be tough. There's only and, so much
0: practicing you can do. And that's why, presumably, you're listening to this dating advice podcast. Yeah. And in case you didn't get the dating advice, the dating advice is, and Tanner, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. get a couple strawberries. Yeah. Or something wet and pliable. Like strawberries. Mm. Uh, mash them together. Yeah, Kiss them up first in the comfort of your own home to get good at it. It's a practice, yeah. And then to a local singles bar. Right. And then kiss them up real good in that local singles bar so that the local singles can know and see how good you you are are at kissing. uh, The kissing.
1: Yeah. And if none of that sounds interesting to you, kiss the ground. Kiss dirt. (laughs) Tanner. let's describe this novel. Um, Okay. Can I paint a picture for for Baby Nation? Okay. Um, I read this book the other day. Mm Mm-hmm. For our planned Wednesday record. We always record on Wednesday, Baby Mm -hmm. Nation. Um, You couldn't. I couldn't. You forgot. You forgot to read the book. Is that true? Yeah, because I sent you a text on Wednesday morning and said, we recording tonight? You said, huh, interesting. (laughs) Here we are, Friday night. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's getting ready for the weekend, weekend, and I have forgotten most of the details of this book, so I'm going to lean heavily on you this week.
0: Okay, good. Well, that's a good segue. Why don't we start with my description of this book, which will be an excellent way to jog your memory. Fine. Containing, as it always does, many of the salient and important elements of the plot. My memory Mm -hmm. is full of Friday lyrics by Rebecca Black. Oh, and what a good song. Yeah. Um, this has been your Forgotten Meme of the Week, starring oh, yeah, I Green forgot. ring
1: only. That's a good segment. We should incorporate that more into
0: it. We're like Reply All, you and me. Yeah, we're like Reply All. We have often been described as, or we should be described as, rep- like Reply All, but for idiots.
1: Yeah. Mostly, 90% of the time they talk about Babysitter's Club books. Yeah. Or 10% of the time they very vaguely talk about... Um, some meme everyone hasn't thought about in yeah 8 years.
0: On reply all, they do like a profound and and informative deep dive into the modern state of social media. Right. Uh but here we occasionally reference old memes. Yeah. <laughs> so, instead re- of describing these books, rarefied air up here, you me PJ Alex. Yeah. Um <laughs> You know what I should do, Tanner, is describe this novel.
1: I already asked
0: you to. And well, you good. I'm going, fucking going off to. us on a tangent. No. No. You did. I'm going to describe this book. And I'm going to begin now. Can you cue up some, like, uh, tasteful, Christmassy music? It's your edit. You, okay, fine. You cue it up. I'll fucking cue it up. Fine. Fine. Jack, cue up some tasteful, Christmassy music. A light blanket of snow has fallen over the charming little town of Stony Brook, and there's a feeling of electric anticipation in the cool, crisp winter air that can only mean one thing. Christmas is coming. And as surely as Christmas season in Stony Brook means trees with lights and parcels with bows and gingerbread men with broad, icing smiles, it means that Mallory Pike, the town's eccentric but kindly chronicler, is going to have one of her harebrained schemes. And this year, it's a doozy. Going back to the old ways. Leaving the modern world behind with all its gadgets and its gizmos and its greed. And reaching into the past for a forgotten magic that comes with the simple, old-fashioned joys of family, faith, and fellowship. But for Mallory's dream to come true, she's going to need A miracle. Fortunately for Mallory, Christmas is the time for miracles. Mallory's Christmas wish. Tanner? Hi. Hi.
1: Very good. You liked
0: it, huh? Loved it, man. Okay. God, you're such a talent. Thank you. That means a lot. Is there a reason that you chose to show your appreciation for my talent by pretending to fall asleep on your pop filter? Uh,
1: I, um, I guess the reason for
0: that is I forgot you could see me. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to offend you. Well, that's all that matters. Because Turnabout is fair play, and you're going to have to describe this book. Except, yeah, my description is energetic. Mm. it's dynamic i would say it's got hot blood one in five times that is accurate coursing through its heart that's my alex jones impersonation oh good fun that's fun (laughs) that's in the christmas spirit (laughs) all right my man you're gonna energetically describe this novel i don't remember for some reason i'm nervous on your behalf because i think you have no idea what happened in this book Uh (laughs) uh-oh It's a fucking good book this week, Tanner. We were nipple deep in a deep sea of Sweet Pete's sweet, sweet treats this week.
1: That's what most of my notes are, actually. They're just Sweet Pete notes.
0: Sweet Peter Loran just penned this one, and he did a fucking good job. I can't quite say that it was good, clean babysitting fun, because there wasn't a lot of babysitting. I think a component, if a book wants to qualify as
1: GCBSF, babysitting needs to be the A plot. Right, And this was
0: not a babysitting-heavy book. As Christie says, at some point in this book, maybe, she says, we shouldn't be described as babysitters anymore. We should be described as elder-sitters. Right, because Um,
1: they take care of a bunch of
0: old people. Or because they are plagued by the tantalizing background forces of the elder gods.
1: Right. But I think the former. I mean, it's probably a little bit of both, to be honest. Stony Brook is a paranormal hotspot. Yeah, maybe it's a little bit of both. Stony Brook, Connecticut. uh, Anne and Pete did a lot of triangulating this week. Did you catch on to that? Uh Uh-uh. Because there's a hotshot Hollywood producer in town, Mm -hmm. they mentioned that Stony Brook is in southern Connecticut. Okay. Which we kind of knew. Kind of. They also mentioned the tri-state area, so I feel like it's probably fairly close to the... New York border? Do you think we can find it? And then they say the town next the next town over.
0: Okay. It's called Mercer. Mercer.
1: Yeah. Is that a real town? I don't know. I didn't look. I don't do
0: my homework. No, you certainly don't. <rechargeable noise> <sighs> <tteokbokki>. <simmer> No. Okay, so that's not super helpful. There's a place called
1: Mercer Advisors. There's a place called Mercer Jobs. There's a place called Mercer Salaries. It, all of them
0: in Norwalk, Norwalk, Connecticut. Okay. So that's a lead. We also probably know from previous books exactly how far Stony Brook is from Stamford. It's about 45 minutes. It's about 45 minutes. And we know how far it is from Grand Central. I think that... Not now, but at some point, we can get out a map and some pins and some thread and try to figure out exactly where the portal is in Connecticut that leads from our Connecticut to the fictional world of Stony Brook, Connecticut. Right. Okay. I feel like that would be worthwhile to do. Yeah, I think so too. We'll work on that. Mm -hmm. But we got a lot of clues this week, a lot of triangulating. And I will say that it's a hell of a thing to do merely as a way of procrastinating describing this novel, which is... Oh, God, you caught me. ...what it appears that you were doing. And I'd
1: have gotten away for it, too. (laughs) If it wasn't for you meddling podcast
0: hosts. Yeah. Uh, Do you want me to do it? Yeah, badly. Okay. Um, Here's what I'm going to do. Tanner, I'm going to put 60 seconds on this big, bad clock that I happen to have handy. Um, And during those 60 seconds, I would like for you to describe... Everything that happens in this novel. Are you ready, sir? Uh, yeah. I'm just looking at my notes. Your notes are never helpful. Your notes are are the um. Who's the guy who sprays paint on the canvas? Banksy. Uh, Hodge's swallow. No, come on. Sprays paint on the canvas. Jackson Pollock. Thank you. Your notes are <laughs> the, are to what happened in this book, as Jackson Pollock is to portrait painting mean. (laughs) Like, it's not a great way. It's mean to me and Jackson
1: (laughs) Pollock. All right. I remember some of the details. All right. I'm going to begin this timer right now. All right, Baby Nation. It is Christmas time. Uh, Mallory decides she wants to have an old-fashioned Christmas with cranberries and popcorn on the tree and gifts that you make instead of buying consumer trash. Capitalism pigs. Uh... The, the vanessa's so enamored by the idea that she submits it to a local tv contest they decide that the pikes won and they give them ten thousand dollars to shoot a tv special about their christmas it's like christmas with the pikes uh they agree the tv crew comes they sh- they follow them around they shoot everything it's really annoying for everyone meanwhile uh Uncle Joe's nursing home is having a fundraiser to sell a bunch of stuff to build another wing. And uh, the girls all decide to help out with that and do free babysitting for that and to sell stuff. Um, It all kind of falls apart. The TV crew wreaks havoc everywhere they go. And um, they quit and give back the $10,000. And time. Um, Good. Good job. I said wreaks havoc, and I meant wrecks havoc. That's fine. Okay. Okay. That's Fine, just like wreck havoc everywhere they go. Perfect, now you can just go and slot that in. I probably won't. Um, yeah, this is a weird one. It was a plot heavy book. Yeah, we didn't learn anything new about Mallory. We did learn something new about Jesse. What did we learn about Jesse? She celebrates the holiday known as Kwanzaa, does she? Yeah, I missed it. Let me um pull it up. And like, I read that and I was like. Why can't we just have a whole book about, like, I don't know anything about Kwanzaa. And I want to know more. Why can't I have a Jesse Kwanzaa book instead of, like, a boring Mallory Christmas book? This
0: was not a boring book, but I understand what you're saying.
1: We opened our presents. Everyone loved the journals. We turned up the Christmas carols. We played a CD of Hanukkah songs that Abby had brought, as well as Jesse's Kwanzaa music. Huh. We ate like pigs and laughed a lot.
0: Well, and that's all we know. She's the only character who grew this book um we had a few new interesting characters the The tv crew tv crew mr henry and his two camera people Nestor and genie Genie. yeah and there is something sinister about them i think they're just um i think they're showbiz types you know they show up at the door to the pike's house with a ten thousand dollar check That is based on an entry to a competition by Vanessa Pike, who is what, eight? Yeah, but she's a poet. Yeah, but this is like before Word Perfect. It's like scrawled in her like eight-year-old hand. I see where you're coming from. They show up with a $10,000 check. Here's what Mr. Henry says. I'm putting together a regular feature called Family First for our popular Values American Style Show. By signing this contract, you become the focus of our gala winter special to be broadcast a year from now. Over this holiday season, we will become part of your family, as it were. We'll videotape your old-fashioned Christmas preparations and let you share your joy with the entire Southern Connecticut community. So it's a man named Mr. Henry who works for a show called Values American Style? the
1: family first segment on values American style is not sound like a show I'm interested in watching no it's a, <laughs> a little bit of a red flag yeah
0: it's I see your point but it's also like this isn't some public access bullshit they have ten thousand dollars to spend for talent right let alone the salaries and the equipment costs and the like on location uh production budget for permits spending like three to four fucking permits they spent a bunch of time in the stony brook mall to like put together a show that is only going to be broadcast in southern connecticut one town over from mercer a year
1: from now a year from now right i see what you're saying and i see how it could be sinister i think there's someone who is more sinister okay If someone gave you $10,000, which in 1995 bucks was like roughly $17,000, I looked Mm -hmm. it up. Okay. If someone gave you $17,000... Yeah, I would retire. And they're like, I'm going to follow you around for a few weeks and just film your your everyday life. What would you say to that? Yes, please. Yes, please. Unless you have something to hide. Oh, good point. And the person who keeps kind of hemming and hawing and isn't quite sure if this is a good idea and sort of like leads the kids and the rest of the pike family down this path of like maybe we don't want to do this maybe we should just give the money back over and over again is john pike john pike in the if anyone is sinister in this scenario it's john pike he's always the one who's just like i don't know if we should do this kids
0: that's a good fucking point And at the end, just like, ah, let's get them out of here. We'll just rip up the check and give it back to them. It's insane. Baby Nation, it's fucking insane. Like, the TV crew is annoying, and they get in the way of the Christmas that the Pike family had planned. Oh, my God. And fucking Nestor can't keep his fucking coffee cup in his hands to save his goddamn life. Yeah, Nestor drops his coffee cup like a million times, (laughs) um, which does not work with his namesake at all. (laughs) You're familiar with Nestor of the Odyssey and the Iliad, right? Loved it, man. What a good joke. What?
1: Your hot Nestor bit. What do you mean? You're just doing some fun, like, Nestor stuff. That's right, because Nestor is the wise
0: Achaean in the Iliad.
1: In the Iliad, right. Who's got a thousand hands, right? No. Oh, I'm thinking of someone else from the Iliad. (laughs) Who? Um, I don't remember a genie, (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Henry. Yeah. (laughs) So
0: yeah, I'm right there with you. It's a very funny bit. It's funny to call back to Nestor, who is known for his wisdom and his sage advice. Um, though he he can be a little bit of a figure of fun, um, but have him be this bumbling idiot. But that's not what I was talking about. Mr. Henry, Nestor, and Genie are kind of annoying, right? But they are not ten thousand dollars annoying no it makes no sense that mr pike hands back the check for ten thousand dollars on fucking christmas eve on christmas eve here's what's more suspicious
1: mr pike doesn't hand back the check mr pike writes his own check for ten thousand dollars you know my bank would do if i ever tried to write a paper check for ten thousand dollars they would perform a citizen's arrest they would just nuke my account (laughs) they would be like we assumed you died and that someone was hacking your account
0: well and the pikes are not well off they're not like um the brewers no they're just regular folk and there's like a million of them john pike just wrote a check for ten thousand dollars i hope he
1: got like a million fucking like alerts on his phone maybe john pike will just disappear into the night like they wake up on the 26th yeah and like Mr. Henry's banging on the door, and he's like, that $10,000 check bounced. And Mallory goes up to her parents' room, and her parents are just gone.
0: That's good. Well, we should look into the future and see what the next Mallory book is called. If it's called, like, Pike's on the Run. (laughs) I want to know what John Pike is
1: running from. I want to know what he's hiding. I want to know why he doesn't want this TV crew in his house.
0: I mean, maybe he knows that if a man as good looking as he is ever gets on fucking television, even if it's only in southern Connecticut, he's never going to hear the end of it. Maybe he's in witness protection. A guy that good looking? Yeah. Well, you can't keep a guy that good looking under wraps. He didn't just end up in
1: Stony Brook. They had to put him there. They had to pass him through the veil, pass him through the portal, get him out of the public eye.
0: Yeah. Somebody as handsome as John Pike Should be by all rights. And Baby Nation, if you haven't seen a picture of John Pike, go find one. You want something to practice kissing with. Who? Boy. Actually, if you want something to practice kissing with, get a picture of John Pike. Take two strawberries, mash them Uh together, and put them on the sweet, sweet lips of that picture. Cut out the lips of the picture and put the strawberries behind it Yeah, so they
1: look and feel like real lips.
0: And if they're not super moist, moist, moist in them, Moisten them yes and then get your get your own lips and wrap your personal lips around those those john pike strawberry lips I'm trying to think of what else lips what else makes a good lip i'm liking the strawberry thing i think it works they're Damn. kind of
1: um <laughs> seedy
0: <laughs> do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i feel i feel what you're saying Um, just imagine that you're kissing somebody who's been eating a lot of strawberry berries. two cocktail wieners.
1: (laughs) just practice kissing on those. That's if you're, uh, not a vegetarian or vegan.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Hey, listen, John Pike is very handsome. John Pike is very handsome. He's very handsome. and And he's got something to hide. If... Everything was going the way it should go. His face should be plastered on every billboard throughout the continental United States. And beyond. And beyond. The fact that that is not happening means that something strange is going on, um, which I think is borne out by this episode, where he fucking writes a check for $10,000 just to get this TV crew out of his house. To
1: keep them from uncovering his secrets. Yeah. They're like, oh, we just need some establishing shots of the basement. He's like, No. No. Don't go down there.
0: Very interesting. Um, Tanner, I would love to go get a beer. <sighs> uh, I knew you were going to say it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, fine. You say goodbye. You say goodbye. Do you say goodbye? No, you say goodbye. Okay, goodbye. You say it first. Goodbye.
0: Best Fiends is a free-to-download, casual, mobile puzzle game with literally thousands of levels that is boredom's worst nightmare, and uh, if you guys don't remember, Tanner and I have been engaging in a friendly competition uh, between my group of fiends, uh, the... Jack's, Jack's, jumping, jerks, jerks, Jack's and jumping Jerks, and Tanner's Tiny, tiny Ticklers. ticklers. Yep. Um, and up until now, we've had some difficulties because while I have been playing through the game at quite a clip and advancing uh, and binging on the game and advancing mm-hmm. from level to level uh, and enjoying more levels, events, and challenges that are added all the time, um, Tanner, you've tended to have trouble, um, getting your phone started. My phone wasn't working,
1: but yeah. I have gotten it to work, Jack, okay. and I've, i I feel like I've caught up with you in Best yeah. Fiends, um. Okay, that's great to hear. And I'm really, I'm, I'm here to engage with you on it and, and talk about kind of our experiences playing the game. I do love the game, I just had a lot of phone troubles up until now.
0: Okay, well, I'm glad but you're back. But now backing. I'm, I'm embracing it, I'm playing it, I'm having so much fun with it, I love it. Uh, download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Holy shit. That's sh- friends without the R, Best this thing just lit up. Fiends. Okay, well, this is great.
1: Whoa, that's a lot of <laughs>
0: notifications. <laughs> Tanner, no time, no waste time. We have a lot to fucking talk about. I'm interested. Uh, let's dive right into it. Uh, We spent too long talking about how fucking handsome John Pike is, and everybody already knows that. Um, Let's talk about Jezebel and Daphne. From Team Rocket? What's that? From Pokemon? No. Are they called Jezebel and Daphne in Pokemon? I don't remember their names. No, from this novel.
1: Blasting off again.
0: No, Tanner, from this novel. And Meowth. Meowth is the name of a Pokemon. I know that because I bought one when we were in Tokyo together, and I gave it to my wife, Sarah, and she cuddles with it every night instead of me. Yuck. Yeah. I practice kissing on a strawberry. Tanner. (laughs) She practices kissing on a Meowth doll. (laughs) That's a little bit too much insight into our relationship. Tanner. Yes. Jezebel and Daphne Casullet, as Mallory says, at the time... Oh, Right. I was Jezebel Cassoulet. My best friend Jessica Ramsey, called Jessie, was my sister Daphne. We were French refugees visiting London for the first time. Did you not find it fascinating that they should take those particular names for their fantasy roleplay? Jezebel
1: and Daphne? Oh, Jezebel, the popular blog. No, that the blog is named after. Spun the- off from Gawker. No, our friend Bobby works there.
0: No, um,
1: and what was that one? Daphne, yeah, from Frasier.
0: <laughs> I don't think that's a reference because this is like early '90s. This is pretty Frazier
1: Frasier was, was around then. When was this pubbed?
0: I don't know, man. But '95,
1: '96, probably winter of '95. <sighs> so let me. <gasps> ten or Googles. First episode,
0: September 1993. Okay, fine. So Frasier was out when this book was out. I don't think that's the reference. I think, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, that Jezebel is a reference to Jezebel, the wife of Ahab in the Book of Kings. Uh-huh. Um, she is famous for turning Ahab away from the worship of God and towards the worship of Baal, um, Baal, worshiping a demonic god. So um, she's a bad guy, setting up false altars. Well, you know she gets maligned. Um, there's probably why does the some- blog n- name themselves after a bad guy? Well, because uh, Jezebel um, later in the Middle Ages became a symbol for a rebellious woman, uh, particularly one who was promiscuous, um, which in more enlightened times is not necessarily seen as being such a bad thing. So I think that's Mm. probably what's going on with Ah. uh, the blog Jezebel. Uh, But it's interesting that you should have Jezebel on the one hand, who symbolizes all those things, and then on the other hand, you have Daphne, who in Ovid, in Greek myth, um, made famous in Ovid's Metamorphoses. Um, you mean Kafka,
1: is, idiot? God.
0: No, fucking I mean Ovid. Fucking lit, casual, doesn't know anything. It's fucking Franz Kafka wrote the, the Metamorphosis. Idiot. I'm talking about the Metamorphoses by Ovid. And one of the Metamorphoses is Daphne, who is a pure nymph who is hunted by Apollo. There's a wonderful... Have you been to Rome? Yes. I got
1: robbed my first night there. I actually got robbed on the train ride there from Paris to Rome. So I spent most of the uh, 12 hours I was in Rome at the U.S. Embassy trying to get an emergency passport so that I could get back to Germany.
0: Did you take the rest of the time, I hope you did, to go to the Via Borghese in Rome? Uh, to is it see the, the fountain? Because it's all I saw. It's not a fountain. No, not I the saw a big fountain. fountain. Well, there's a wonderful art gallery which houses a number of beautiful statues by Bernini, uh, including the wonderful Apollo and Daphne, which I think is one of the greatest statues certainly that I have ever seen. And it shows the moment where Apollo is chasing Daphne who is protecting her purity. And she has granted her wish to, instead of being caught by Apollo, to be turned into a tree. And Bernini captures the amazing so she's the first of dryad transformation. Um, the mother of all dryads. Sure, there's something to be said for that. But okay. I thought that it was interesting, and this is where I would like for you to speculate, that Jesse and Mallory choose these two figures from antiquity, one who is a symbol of rebellion and chaos uh, and sin and mm-hmm. turning away from the light, and the other Depravity. who is a s- symbol of purity and innocence. Uh huh. Fascinating. What's interesting about that? I thought it was fascinating. You said
1: you said what's interesting is yeah, and then you said a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Well, why well, is that's it? That's crazy.
0: Interesting. What is Anne trying to say here? <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, I think this is new for Mallory and Jesse. Yeah. They've always been the same. Their chapter two is always like, you, you've never met two people more alike. We like all the same things, except I'm white and Jesse's black. Or if it's a Jesse book, it says, I'm black and Mallory's white. Yeah, we both like horse stories. That's the only difference between us. We like horse stories. We like... Babysitting. Uh, I'm from a big family and Jesse's from a normal family, except it's getting bigger because now Aunt Cecilia lives with them.
0: Right. But now they are taking on these characters who represent the polar opposites of the feminine experience. Well, I think if
1: if there are two people more qualified to talk about the feminine experience
0: <laughs> than, than you and I... And cultural representations of women throughout uh-huh. history... <laughs> it's your old friend tanner and your old friend jack yeah let's dig in (laughs) let's dig in (laughs) that's it i thought that was interesting jezebel and daphne come on yeah it's great i love it okay fine how rich tanner you know what else we desperately desperately fucking need to talk about how rich what rather than you and me singing um can we just put in here the wonderful song that was written and performed for us for this segment by Baby B Karis Um, and just slot it in here instead No, it's playing Shut up, shut up It's playing Okay,
1: fine, it's playing Shut up, shut up Yes, now you can talk. Fuck, Jack.
0: <laughs> Baby Nation. That
1: was me. <laughs> the- <laughs> <laughs> man, I said, uh, uh, swallow me down, uh, uh. That's, that's that, that love and sound. sound.
0: Swallow you. me right. down. Swallow yeah. me into the dark, Baby Nation. This is a segment. I'll swallow you into the dark, where we talk about the crazed delusions of Babysitters Club art director and cover designer. I'll just swallow a peek into his dark twisted fantasy peek into his dark mind. Uh, Tanner, did you look at or think about the cover of this book this week?
1: Um, I didn't until someone, someone signaled me. Okay. Who was that? Someone told me to take a closer look at the cover. Who did? (sighs) Dear reader, as a kid, Christmas was always my favorite holiday. Uh And now as an adult, it still is. In fact, I usually take the entire month of December off just to prepare for the holiday. Blah, 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 blah. Happy reading, Anna
0: Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. P.S. First ever happy reading postscript, Baby Nation. P.S. Hodges Swallow, the
1: artist for all the covers of the Babysitter's Club books, finally posed for one of his own paintings. Look on the front. He's the man in the green jacket. Ooh, and then I'm looking now, and there he is. Hodges put himself in the cover for this book, Baby Nation. Why? Why this book? God, Hodges was looking good in 1995.
0: He looks good. He looks young. He looks full of life. All right, so let's describe. This as an audio medium, Tanner. So let's describe yeah. this cover for the Baby Nation. You've got. Mallory Pike on the front. She's wearing a a kind of a frumpy yellow sweater and a pink skirt. Uh, And she's hanging out with, I assume it's Vanessa. I'm going to say. Maybe it's Claire. Claire. It looks like it's Claire. Mallory's only 11.
1: Vanessa's nine, and Claire is six. Very small. Yeah.
0: Um, In front of them is a TV camera and some lights and a bunch of wires leading every which way behind them is a large uh christmas tree um decorated with i'm gonna say 17 purple orbs
1: (laughs) okay i i see a handful of red orbs are you colorblind okay
0: fine 17 red or purple orbs and some if you zoom in on some the gingerbread men that are hanging they look uh they have these rictus grins uh-huh. But behind the tree, I thought you were going to say they were dolls. Uh, no, I'm not claiming that they're dolls, but that they would make look you like they blind as well. They know something. <laughs> um, and behind the tree, we have a man, a very handsome but angry looking man. I think he's he's filling the role of Nestor, of Nestor, the wise man. From the Achaean side of the Trojan War in the Iliad, he's wearing a green satin
1: members-only jacket, mm-hmm. like a bomber jacket. Actually, yeah,
0: it's like a bomber. He's
1: jacket. wearing blue jeans and, frankly, very fly white and red sneakers. He's got some dope sneakers, and above uh, his head is what looks like a thought bubble. It's actually it could be a big light. Mm -hmm. lighting up the scene, but it almost looks like a thought bubble above this man's head. And in the thought bubble are the words, how did it get out of control?
0: How did it get out of control? Which is, that's a weird thing to ask.
1: Yeah. (laughs) How did it get out of control? How did it get out of control? It really looks like this man is thinking, how did it get out of control?
0: And it's interesting to me that Hodges, who's... Designed every single cover for every single one of these Babysitters Club books, and we're on now on book 92. Now is the time that he finally decides that he needs to insert himself into the cover. To try to take some control back. And what he chooses to do with his brief moment in the spotlight, ninety two <laughs> <laughs> books deep, is just to say, How did it get out of control? I think he's
1: pleading with us. <laughs> How did we get here? Yeah. This is as much your fault as it is mine.
0: Yeah. He's not looking at the camera. No, I'm he's turned away Mr. from Mr. Henry. Yeah. <laughs> he's holding a
1: lasso. Okay. <laughs> I assumed it was uh, like electrical wire. It could
0: be part of the lighting rig, but yeah. it look, kind of looks like it could be an Indiana Jones lasso. We'll leave that yeah. to be desired. He's done a good job, but he's obviously like a sneakerhead. Yeah, he's definitely a sneakerhead. <laughs> um,
1: he like started the movement. He was kind of on
0: the the cutting yeah. edge of that. But he looks angry. His face is red and he's asking us, he's imploring us, his viewers. How did it... Get out of control. How did we get here? Um, And it's troubling because it's like, as as fans of Hodges, as people who thought that one day Hodges was going to, with his genius and his insight, give us some understanding of what the fuck is going on. It's disturbing.
1: We thought he was five steps ahead of us.
0: Yeah. You know? We thought we were headed
1: right to Checkmate. Yeah. Now I'm not even sure Hodges knows the rules of the game.
0: Right. Here he is, and he's like, like a Deus Ex Machina has descended from the clouds, and the holy choirs are singing, and the clouds have opened up, and he comes down, and we're all sitting there waiting to hear the wisdom that he's going to drop. And the wisdom that he drops is, "Uh, how did this get out of control?" Yeah, I think it's empowering. Yeah, Hodges
1: is just one of us. He's, he's on this us. journey with us, <laughs> you know. Hodges is a forerunner in a lot of the ways to what you and I do. He was there as it happened. He, he was experiencing happen. this. He was on this journey. He was taking this all in as Anne and Pete and Nola and, and Suzanne were writing these books. And he was trying to figure it out.
0: Yeah. And now we are Hodges. We are Hodges. He is the everyman through which we see these texts.
1: And there'll be a Hodges, there'll be a Jack and Tanner, there'll be someone else after we're gone. Yeah. After we've retired on our BSCC
0: riches. And the only question that will remain to them will be the most important question of all. How did it get out of control? (laughs) (laughs) There's just no controlling it. And it's, I think, not lost on Hodges that he has chosen to depict himself as Nestor known for his wisdom, but (laughs) particularly in the Iliad, his wisdom and his advice always goes wrong, right? Mm. Like what he knows. He's always spilling
1: his dang coffee (laughs) in the Iliad.
0: Well, in a way. Yeah. But I thought that's a lovely touch by Hodges.
1: Speaking of this book uh, lifting characters and plots from other... Media properties. Okay. Such as uh, the Iliad. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. I was wondering if you caught this week's. (gasps) IP Freely.
0: IP Freely. Baby Nation, IP Freely is an unfortunately named segment, and we can't go back and rename it because we spent a lot of time naming it, and this is what we ended up with, where we talk about IP theft. Uh, IP is shorthand for intellectual property. Intellectual property. And most of the time, it is. People Mm -hmm.
1: or corporations stealing ideas from Anne and the ghostwriters of these books. Mm -hmm. This week, I am almost certain it's Anne and Pete stealing an idea from a recently popular film in 1996.
0: Anne and Pete, you got lazy. Tell us what happened, Tanner.
1: Claire's voice had awakened me just as we'd been about to accept starring roles in a hilarious new comedy in which our parents leave all of us home alone by mistake. Sorry, let me read that. Let me read that again. I feel like I missed my emphasis. Yeah. Uh, hilarious new comedy in which our parents leave us all home alone by mistake. <laughs> now, what could Anne and Pete, what are they referenced. drawing inspiration oh, from? Oh, I've got,
0: I fucking one? figured it out. Yeah. I mean, you've read The Odyssey, right? <laughs> yeah. In some ways, if you rethink the plot of The Odyssey, and particularly emphasize the Telemachy, the first books and the final books uh, that are primarily about Telemachus rather than Odysseus. Oh, in sure. Some Odysseus ways, is... Telemachus's Telemachus' father. So, Te, yeah. Th- in some Odysseus
1: ways... Odysseus is Telemachus' father.
0: Right. In right, some... of
1: course, obviously.
0: In some and ways... And
1: his wife... Penelope. Od- Odysseus's wife.
0: Yeah. Penelope. Telemachus's is Telemachus' mother. Mother, right. Okay. In some ways, the Odyssey, which has been referenced in this text with the obvious introduction of Nestor, who's a character in I Homer's works. Nestor words. was from the Iliad. He appears in both. Okay. In some ways, the Odyssey is a book. If you think about it from Telemachus's point of view, it's a book about Telemachus being left home alone with his mom, with Penelope, <laughs> while Odysseus makes his way back
1: do you don't think penelope is capable of sort of looking after the house while she does odysseus her fucking best going?
0: she does a very she holds good it job.
1: together doesn't she there's a lot of suitors they're still there when odysseus gets back i mean it's years it's a deck it's it's 15 years i think but that sounds nice huh wouldn't mind a 15 minute, 15 year break from this old ball and jane huh do you realize she's <laughs> sorry jamie i love you very much a, a in joke. the next
0: room b listens to this podcast <laughs>
1: Hey Jack, I'm sure you wouldn't uh, mind a 15 year break from uh, <laughs> from your little t- the telethope. and Penelope. L- Penelope. Faithful. What's the Penelope? boy's name? Telemachus. Telemachus. But
0: yeah. Anyway, this has been our hit segment. Oh
1: yeah. So they the Anne and and IP Pete, freely, where we talk about IP theft. They lifted it. You lifted it. Was, it, it was from lazy work. The Odyssey. <laughs> yep. Guys and and some and a little bit of the Iliad. You lifted it from the works of Homer.
0: Yeah. And,
1: you know, we appreciate it, but do your own work. Any other um, segments you want to hit while we're doing segments, or should we just get the hell out of here? I
0: do want to talk about um, grammar. Huh. That's not what I expected you to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you remember two episodes ago, uh, the uh, Welcome to the BSC Abbey episode? Yes. Where during my description, I misplaced an antecedent uh yeah i remember that being humiliating for you well fucking hell does pete go ahead and talk about that this week he calls you on it or i don't know if he's calling me on it but he fucking talks about it he brings uh, it up the book opens with a description of mallory's story she's writing a it sounds like a like a horror novel like a christmas horror story mm. uh, it begins this way It was a cold, snowy night. There was a white circle on the windowpane from the frost. It was the day after Thanksgiving. Inside the old crumbling house of the Post family, a fire burned. Shivering from the frigidity, the heat was not enough for the seven Post children huddled around. Little did they know that outside in the darkness, a pair of eyes was looking in. I think it's supposed to be Santa's eyes. Well, I'm interested in that, and I'm interested in the symbolism in that story and what it brings to bear on these texts, but something that Pete chooses to point out when Mallory is mulling over the problems in her story. Shivering from the frigidity, the heat was not enough for the seven post children huddled around. Well, frigidity had to go, says Mallory, after the way everyone made fun of it. The Pike family made fun of it. Not to mention that I'd made it sound as if the heat were shivering. Oh, I see. She fucking she misplaced, misplaced her antecedent. antecedent, right? What a fucking noob. And I just love that—that's something that Pete brought up. It's a misplaced antecedent or a misplaced modifier. I was thinking about misplaced antecedents. I was talking about them with my mother, who is here visiting me for uh, the holidays, and in her hilarious joke, she she misplaced a couple antecedents. No, she didn't misplace antecedents, but I was asking her what the appropriate terminology for that is, and she said that it's a transferred epithet, which I don't think is the case. But I was looking into transferred epithets, and it's fucking fascinating. There's a, Do you know that there is a English word for transferred epithet from the Greek that is hapalogy? A transferred epithet is similar to a misplaced antecedent, but it's deliberate. It's a deliberate device that you would use. An example um, that I found on Wikipedia that is from Wilfred Owen, uh, the (laughs) poem Dolce (laughs) (laughs) is fitting the clumsy helmets just in time, where the helmets themselves obviously... Are not clumsy.
1: clumsy. Yeah. What
0: is in moment. Soldier's <drum Task> <Krsna Tradition> video.
1: moment. Baby Nation, it is our hit segment, Larange's moment, where we <laughs> discuss the moment in this book that we realized we were reading the prose of no one else but BSC Ghostwriter. Sweet Pete Sweet Peter Laranges. Yeah. The moment we realized we were swimming in a
0: sweet sea of Pete. It was the moment that we realized that we were nipple deep in a deep sea of sweet Pete's sweet sweet treats this week. That was the Inspector Gadget theme song. Mm-hmm.
1: And it was submitted by Baby B Katie mm-hmm. at the real Katie,
0: seven nine four six, Katie spelled C A T Y. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that submission, and thank you to everybody who has submitted Larangius Moment theme songs. Uh, Tanner, what was your Larangius Moment this week? What was the moment this week where you realized that this book could only have been ghostwritten by the great, sweet Peter Laranges? Mom raised an eyebrow.
1: What exactly do you consider a Christmassy dinner? Turkey, Jordan replied. Goose, Margot said. Adam honked. Gingerbread men, Claire suggested. People, I corrected her. (laughs) People? Claire burst out laughing. Silly, we're not cannibals. (laughs) I meant gingerbread people, I said. Not just gingerbread men, and it's cannibals. (laughs)
0: Because two layers deep, too. Yeah. It's not just the idea of eating people, but it's calling them cannibals. Canimals. (laughs) And that's early on.
1: That's like chapter one, yeah.
0: There's literally no one else in the fucking world who could have penned that particular interchange. Maybe Tom Stoppard. Yeah. BSC
1: Ghostwriter Tom Stoppard could probably do kind of a witty back and forth like that, but if you're speaking strictly about BSC Ghostwriters, it's really just Pete Larangis and Tom Stoppard.
0: Yeah. Those are the only two. And also, like, you give Sweet Pete a Mallory book... You give Sweet Pete the playground that is the Pike family. The keys to the Pike kingdom? Yeah. He's going to uh, have some fun. He's going to have some fun. And he had some... I
1: imagine that yours was Pike-oriented as well.
0: Um, that was mine. Okay. <laughs> uh, that was the first moment where I realized that only Sweet Pete could have written this book. Call that um, a raw Pete moment. The second was just Vanessa the poet. Vanessa Pike the poet starts the novel by looking for... Uh, desperately trying to find a rhyme for reindeer Mm. later on Mallory is uh writing one of her stories as I was rewriting Vanessa slapped down her pencil and said I have it listen Santa Claus put on his coat and bandaged up his sprained ear then he jumped into his sled and called out to his reindeer sprained ear I asked uh from listening to too many squeaky little elf voices Vanessa said. <laughs> First of all, I defy Wordsworth or Keats or Byron or Shelley or any any of those fuckers Tom to come up with as good a rhyme for reindeer as Laranges just conjured. Remain here. Remain here. That's actually really beautiful. Yeah. Jack, I'm wondering if you had a <gasps> this week did i have a bird of the week yeah
1: of course you did because we have them every week you fucking bet i
0: did i always do no
1: you recently missed one
0: Okay, well, th- recently, I missed a bird of the week in f- Mallory and the Dream Horse, which is like f- 60 fucking episodes ago. No, and you mm-hmm. just
1: missed one like two books ago.
0: Bullshit. I n- literally never miss one. I missed one in the Dream Horse book. That's the one time I missed it. No. Yes.
1: Well, you just missed one.
0: No. Tell me yours.
1: Jesus. You just That's don't a- do your fucking homework, okay? I have to pull all the fucking weight around here.
0: I had to read the entire fucking works of Homer to understand his book, and you just fucking highlighted a bunch of incoherent passages.
1: I had to watch um, all of Home Alone. <laughs> and it didn't even wasn't even relevant. Yeah, because <laughs> Home Alone is just a obvious ripoff of It's actually the this is the Odyssey. first time this episode has come up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so a lot of good that did. <laughs> uh, it is on the Christmas theme. No, that's true. I'm um, here in January. Um, Tanner, did I have a burn in the week this week? Oh, <laughs> A B-plot of this book, which we haven't talked about much, is that Mallory and the rest of the BSC are spending a lot of their Christmas helping the residents of uh, Stony Brook Manor, the home for senior citizens, yep. uh, including Mallory's Uncle Joe. And they go to visit Uncle Joe to ask him if he wants to, like, help them out with the charity drive they're doing. Yeah. And he's weirdly jamming out to heavy metal, like, MTV's, like, heavy metal hour. Yeah, Headbanger's Ball. Yeah, he's, just there, he's listening to, like, Matt Pinfield's 120 <laughs> Minutes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a deep cut, Baby Nation. Don't worry, if you didn't get it, most people have died who... Are uh, or old enough to understand that
1: joke. <laughs> it's just Jack and a few other <laughs> jaded generation actors.
0: Um it's gonna play well in the nursing homes. Yeah. Um but he's like jamming out to Headbanger's Ball. And at first Mallory is like, Oh shit, Uncle Joe is like further gone than I thought. Right. And she's she's like, Uncle Joe, uh, is everything okay? What why are you listening to like morbid angel? Yeah. And he's like, Oh I don't like it either, but uh it drives Connor out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> Connor can't stand the shit. <laughs> he's got he's like eighty, and he's got a fucking roommate at his yeah. nursing home and called he Connor. <laughs> <laughs> and he fucking it's like, like a rad boy. Despite the fact that he's suffering from Alzheimer's, he figured out that he could turn on Cannibal Corpse at the top the top volume and Connor will leave. I think Connor might be a figment. Uh, well, that makes it sad. We
1: never see him. <laughs> he refers to him several times, but we never actually meet or see Connor. Um, may I tell you mine? Yeah. Mine is a true burn. Okay. It's just a straight up and down burn. No fuss, no muss, straight burn. Yep, 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 yep. I know what's coming, and it was a fucking good one. Page one, paragraph, like, three. Frig diggity dog, Claire collapsed on the living room floor, giggling. That made my brothers Nicky and Jordan race into the room. This what's is so when funny? They're,
0: they're laughing about the idea that Mallory has written frigidity in her yeah. great American novel.
1: Yep. Yeah. Frig diggity dog, Claire collapsed on the living room floor, giggling. That made my brothers Nicky and Jordan race into the room. What's so funny? Asked Nicky. I thought you were cutting out snowflakes, I scolded Margo, not spying. Jordan rolled his eye. Did she need to ask permission, your highness? Sorry, Mallory, Margo said sheepishly. Dig miggity mog, Claire squealed. I said, what's so funny? Demanded Nicky. Your face, called my (laughs) brother Adam from the kitchen. (laughs)
0: Oh, nailed it. And this is a testament to what Sweet Pete Lorenz can do, right? We know that Sweet Pete is capable of the heights of prose, right? Like, he can write poetry. He can write beautiful sentences. He can create emotion and build characters with his words. But sometimes when you want to do just a quick burn of the week. Yeah. You want to get in? You want to get out? There's nothing quite like a, what's so funny? Your face. His face.
1: <laughs> and it's just, I think there's something very beautiful about the way that Adam wasn't even there. He overheard it from another room. Yeah. And his comedic timing and razor sharp
0: wit. He's ready with a your face. Um, and I wish in, in this Christmas season uh, that we could all be so ready uh, with a your face. Yeah. When people reach out to us. With a "what's so funny?" You mm-hmm. there, boy?
1: Yes, sir. <laughs> what? Uh, what day is it? It's a, a long time after Christmas, almost a month. And uh, and and what's so funny? Uh, your face, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and what a
0: beautiful ending!
1: Kind of bookended the show with us. Yeah, huh?
0: yeah, it was really nice. It's thinking We could get the fuck out of here. Yes, please. Yeah. Baby Nation, thank you so much for listening. Tanner, thank you for being with me. Baby Nation, thank you also for your wonderful reviews and ratings on iTunes. It means a lot to us, and it helps us to rise in the rankings. And if you have not given us a nice review and rating on iTunes, I implore you in this Christmas season as a gift to us to take a brief moment and do so. In this President's Day season. This President's Day season. Please take a brief moment. Let's celebrate our President's... By recommending this podcast to a friend. Let's let's set some precedents and yeah. celebrate some precedents. Baby Nation, go to your refrigerator, get out two strawberries, mash them together, go to your local singles bar, show everybody at the bar how good you are at kissing by kissing the strawberries, and then, when you have their attention, mm-hmm. recommend this podcast to them. Right. It's complex, but... Trust us, it works. <laughs> it fucking works. Uh, and we thank you for it uh, on this Thanksgiving season. <laughs> Tanner, this week, we read a book. I recall. It was called Mallory's Christmas Wish. Next week, we're going to be reading a book that is called Marianne and the Memory Garden. Hmm. Mm. Mm. I think what happens is Marianne's dad
1: uh-huh. moves okay. to uh-huh. the continent, to India. Okay. And they have a palatial estate there. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then he catches the fever, cholera, and passes away. hmm uh-huh. And she is left in this estate all alone with her icy stepmother, uh-huh. Mrs. Don, No, Mrs. Sharon Porter. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And has to retreat to her memory garden. Where she meets an invalid boy. Where she meets a pan-like goat boy called Tumnus. <laughs> oh boy, this got really complicated. Yeah, and then they meet Jesus, who's a lion in this for some reason.
0: <laughs> Is it a hybrid of the secret garden and Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe? I kind of got confused. Yeah, uh, it was going so well. I'm looking forward to it. I like a good Marianne book. Yeah, you would. That's what we're reading next week. This week, however, and let's not be like Marianne and retreat into our memories, but be like Jack and Tanner and stay focused on the present, because this week, Baby Nation, I have been Jack Alexander Shepard. And I'm Tanner Greenring. This week, Baby Nation. If you haven't already, do us a quick favor, round off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your senator, and demand your right to bear time. And do not forget, please do not forget to let daddy love you as much as I do. If you are a sovereign citizen, you are not being detained and you are free to go. Why? Because Claudia's wearing a bra now. And the way she talks, you would think the boys had just been invented. I was actually just reading a book of essays by Roxane Gay mm-hmm. called Bad Feminist, and mm-hmm. I was delighted to find that one of the first essays in the book is about Sweet Valley High.
1: I Baby Nation got me hype about Sweet Valley High. Yeah. Baby Nation, I'm sorry for implying that once you ran out of Babysitter Club books, we would stop doing the podcast. That's not the case. <laughs> we will figure out something else to do. Or not. I don't know. It's it's going to be a crapshoot. Who knows? Maybe we'll all die. The point is, we'll do this as long as you want us to do it. Yeah. Roughly. Yeah. So we may move probably, on. Probably,
0: let's be honest, just a little bit longer than you want us to do it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not too much longer.
1: No. Yeah. We're good at reading the the tea leaves. Um. Yeah. We'll probably move on to Sweet Valley High, and Baby Nation was talking about some of the plot points in Sweet Valley High, and those books, real those books seem buck yeah. wild. They're someone in Baby Nation said that someone falls into a pile of cocaine and overdoses and dies. <laughs> Did you read that one?
0: No, but it sounds awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Can we just stop doing BSC now and switch gears? No, I need to know what happens to these girls.
0: That was a Headgum podcast.